Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour. This is Dr. Mystery, your host, always joined by my co-host and board-certified co-host, Donna Lee. Thank you for remembering that part. And you're a board-certified... Urologist. urologist. Yes, and a self-proclaimed <laughs> men's health expert. And so radio cri- superstar. That's right. And so so, so Michael's uh, your, your husband, mm-hmm. and is he excited about Christmas? Yeah, he's so excited that I bought him the present he wanted. What? It has to do with a Porsche, always. <laughs> I got him a Porsche Lego set. How about that? <laughs> cost me 150 great. bucks. Really? Yes, it's legit. Good job, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if, I don't know if I would trust him to sit in a room and put that thing together. <laughs> That's but, all he wanted, and I'm done. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Today I'm joined by um, a wonderful friend of our practice, someone that we trust with a lot of our patients and even some of our own family members. This is uh, Dr. Courtney Scheinbein from Texas Oncology. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me today. So, you know, Courtney, you and I joined uh, this town like about the same time, both of us over uh, near the Seton Williamson campus, and and both of our practices have grown incredibly. So I really appreciate you, uh, you know, coming and talking to me today. My pleasure. Very happy to to be here today. When we talk about cancer, it's not usually something that's, um, it's something that's confusing to a lot of patients. It's something that's frightening to a lot of patients. And it's certainly a topic that we talk about a lot on this show, because in urology, we deal with multiple different types of cancers, prostate cancer, bladder cancer, kidney cancer, testicle cancer. But as a radiation oncologist, you deal with almost all the cancers, right? Yes, that's correct. Pretty much all adult cancers. You know, when we uh, when when I have patients that come in and they're being faced with potentially going through radiation, I get a mixture of kind of responses from uh, from patients. What are some of the the kind of common, I guess, I would say, myths or pers- perspectives that patients come to you with when when they're told they may need radiation? I think a fair amount of people have had patients uh, or family members treated in decades past, and they'll have different stories about the toxicities of the treatment. And the technology is much, much more refined than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. So that's one of the things that we'll see. Um, we'll also have a lot of concern that if you get radiation exposure, is that going to create a cancer? And yes, that's the case, but the risk is also quite, quite low. Well, I think you brought up an important point. You know, even in prostate cancer, 20 years ago, it was an incredibly potentially destructive kind of treatment with lots and lots of side effects. And today, we don't necessarily see quite that degree of side effect. Yeah, absolutely. So if you went back in time to our older technology, you'd see about a 25% rate of rectal bleeding after radiation for prostate cancer, 25%. And now it's down to maybe half percent, probably less than that. So it, it's almost never seen. I think that because the diagnosis of cancer is such a, um, a frightening uh, kind of sudden kind of thing that people have to contend with. We we draw upon the experience of others to help us understand what we're going to go through. So if your father or your mother or your uncle had radiation or some kind of treatment for cancer years ago, you may think that nothing has really progressed. But technology has really played a big role in radiation treatment. Oh, absolutely. Um, the the technology since I started residency in the in the early two thousands compared to now, it's just so much different. So so different in a good way. You know, you, you, you mentioned it. You, you were a resident at a little-known medical school in this, in this state. What, what was it called again? That was called Baylor College Oh, Medicine. man. <laughs> Have you heard of it? I've heard that they make some of the most amazing physicians on earth. You must not have gone there. You went to medical school somewhere at University of Texas Southwestern, though. Is, is that fully accredited? <laughs> 
No comment. Wow. Okay. Well, okay. well, it's not everybody can get into Baylor for medical school, but it's great that you got in there for your fellowship. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that's great. But, you know, uh, back in Houston, uh, there's a well-known medical oncology place called MD Anderson. Have you heard of it? I have not heard of that, no. <laughs> um, and so uh, what they have is an incredible marketing budget there. I mean, they treat patients well, and I'm not being facetious about that. But one of the things that they really advertise quite a bit for cancer is the use of proton therapy. And I will tell you, there is not a patient that comes through that I don't recommend radiation for prostate cancer, and they immediately bring up, should they go do proton therapy? You know, what I tell them, and I want to hear your insight into it, I want to hear, what do you think the difference between proton, quote-unquote, therapy is and traditional, whatever we do here in town is? Really, I'm taken by the fact that that machine that they have there is old. I mean, it's it was there when I was a resident there 12 years ago. I mean, it's pretty. It's got green neon lights. <laughs> it's I mean, and, and it makes for great marketing. But, but what are you really getting when you decide to do something like proton therapy and moving to Houston for nine weeks and yada, yada, yada. Sure. Yeah. And so we actually even have a proton machine, part of our organization in Dallas, Texas. And when we need to do it, I definitely send patients that direction. What it does different is the low dose fall off. Uh, this that gets a little technical, but the low dose radiation exposure is less. But the area that you're focusing on, which is the prostate gland itself, and then the, the things right next to it are getting the same exposure. So really what you're saying is less low dose exposure to the organs that, such as like the hip, which really isn't an area we really see the side effects, but the same exposure on the prostate gland, the same exposure on the adjacent rectum, and the same exposure on the adjacent bladder, which means the side effects you get of the treatment are essentially the same. There's really not a big differential. The cure is going to be the same. So when you're getting radiation, <laughs> today, it's not really like a ray gun just shooting you from one direction, right? I mean, the radiation is coming from multiple directions, and everything is being guided by real-time imaging. Yes, that's correct. So every day when the patient comes in for treatment, the machine does a rotation around them and generates what we call a cone beam CAT scan. So it shows us the prostate gland in 3D. We can lock on within a few millimeters and then deliver the treatment. When we're delivering the treatment, the machine's going to rotate around to multiple angles and open and close little doors that kind of gate the radiation. So it just exposes over the gland and keeps it concentrated there and blocks it off from everywhere else as best it can. How, how long can people expect a treatment for prostate cancer to last, and how long is each treatment? So probably in and out of the office within a half hour. The actual beam time is probably about five minutes. So it's fairly quick. It's pretty wow. quick. Yeah, most of the time is set up, getting you in the exact right position. A number of our patients that are going to get radiation therapy are asked to do hormone ablation therapy. And so in our clinic, as our listeners know, we do a lot of testosterone replacement therapy. We try to do it in a monitored and safe and careful way and try to treat the whole patient. That's kind of what our philosophy is. Now we're talking about an, an alternative treatment. We're talking about like prior to radiation, we want to take all your testosterone away. Uh, we see as associated with decreased muscle mass, bone mineral density loss, loss of libido, uh, erectile dysfunction, a number of things that just kind of make you feel icky. Uh, I'd like you to tell us what patients are usually recommended to, to, to undergo that, and what are some of the things that you might tell somebody who's on the fence about doing that? You know, I mean, I agree with you completely. It's definitely a quality of life uh, concern when you're talking about that. For what we call intermediate risk prostate cancer patients, so your Gleason score is 7 perhaps, your PSA maybe between 10 and 20, there's some slight benefit to doing it with delaying the chance of recurrence and the time to recurrence if you do the hormone therapy with with all the costs that you were just mentioning. Um, if you get into someone who's a high-risk, aggressive prostate cancer, something where we think where the cancer is going to come back no matter what we do within three years to five years, we really want to consider that treatment option to help extend and improve their chance of survival. I think that's important. You know, a one-size-fits-all 
uh, kind of philosophy is something that I'm not a big fan of. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> and, and I think that what, what it ends up doing is making people feel like their specific factors are not being taken into consideration. So if, they're, if the patient's younger, sexually active, real physically active, and they're in their 50s or early 60s, these are patients that sometimes I, I may advise to, to forego the hormone ablation treatment and just go for radiation. And frequently what I'll do is if I am going to go down that road, um, we do depot injections. And I usually like to recommend the shortest possible depot injection at the front at the beginning, just in case they have an adverse reaction, because it does have a huge impact on quality of life. It's not a benign medicine. So if they have an adverse reaction, it wears off as quick as possible. And then we can decide we want to continue or not. What do you think the, the, the next stage of uh, radiation therapy is going to include? Is it going to include higher dose, shorter treatments? Is it going to just have increased improvement in, in imaging? Uh, or are we going to come up with a new, you know, particle that we start shooting at people? Um, there's, there's definitely investigation into new particles. I think the cost of that at this point, it's probably putting that, you know, way out into the future. But, but I think what you said is exactly correct. Shortening the course of treatment is the things that we're looking at right now. There's data for moderate shortening of the treatment. We call that hypofractionation. And then there's studies also ongoing at looking at kind of really condensing it down to, to five fractions or less. But these things are still semi-investigational. And so I'm kind of staying right now with the, the standard seven to eight-week course. But as more data comes out, we certainly have the technology to, to shorten the course as needed. You know, I think that that's a great point. You know, when we're dealing with people's lives and something as um, uh, dangerous as cancer can be, it's hard to sometimes be on the bleeding edge of uh, new technology and having people that kind of follow the standards and the protocols, I think, is uh, is comforting to uh, to a lot of people. So, uh, Courtney, we're out of time on this segment, uh, but we'll be uh, right back to talk about an interesting topic uh, on uh, metastatic disease. Mm-hmm. Donna, why don't you tell people how to get a hold of us? I will. During the week, you can call us at 512-238-0762. Um, you can also send us an email during the week uh, or anytime to us or Dr. Scheinbein, um, armormenshealth at gmail.com. That's armormenshealth at gmail.com. We'll ask your questions on air anonymously. We have four locations in the Austin area, Round Rock, North Austin, South Austin, and Dripping Springs. And our website is armormenshealth.com, where you can see Dr. Mystery's shining face in line two. And catch that podcast. That's right. Catch the podcast anywhere you catch podcasts. And we will be right back after these messages. Dr. Mystery wants to hear from you. Email questions to armormenshealth at gmail.com. We'll be right with the Armor Men's Health Hour. Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour. This is Dr. Mystery, your host. Here, as always, with my co-host, Donna Lee. Hello. Happy Sunday, everybody. We're moving, you know. Show's moving. Yes. I'm excited about mm-hmm. being on a Saturday. They, they think that we're going to need to tone it down. No, we're not moving for that. Fewer penis jokes. Dang it. Little but kids just, in the car. Oh, man. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Well, we do have the disclaimer at the beginning, so I feel That's like true. we can say things. And I am a board-certified urologist. I feel like I'm you using can talk a about medical penises. term. Yes. You, however, I'm not sure. I, you need I can to tone talk it down, about lady. penises if I want to. Well, there you go. Mm. 
Anyway. So we're joined again <laughs> by our guest, Dr. Courtney Scheinbein with Text Oncology. Thanks a lot for sticking with us, Courtney. Welcome back. My pleasure. I wouldn't be anywhere else right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Text Oncology is a pretty big group. They have medical oncologists, radiation oncologists. In some places, they even have urologists. Uh, maybe you could tell me what are some of the benefits of uh, as a patient and as a physician of, of, a, of a large oncology group like Text Oncology. Uh, quite a bit of benefit, actually, for us. Um, we have access to the latest technology. So in our center, we have some of the, the best technology just here in Austin. We also have access to proton machines in Dallas. Um, when I meet a patient, if we need access to a medical oncologist to add additional treatment options, they're right down the hall. I can walk down the hall and talk to them. Um, whenever I need help from Dr. Mystery, he's just a phone call away. That's, so. <laughs> That's right. Bat signal. <laughs> That's right. It does help. I recently sent my own godfather to you. And luckily, he doesn't listen uh, to the show, so he's not going to know that I'm calling him out. But, you know, what was interesting about him is he, w- he was treated for a kidney cancer over a decade ago. He then developed a mass in his lung that you treated with radiation therapy. This was a long time after his initial diagnosis, and it gets me to really thinking about the traditional wisdom when it comes to cancer that spread out of the local organ or metastatic cancer, what we would call it, just seems like a death sentence, an immediate death sentence in a way. That's not, that's not the case. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about oligometastatic disease. Sure, that'd be a great topic to talk about. So uh, when we talk about that term oligometastatic, what do we really mean? What we mean is that there's limited evidence of spread of the cancer beyond its site of origin. So perhaps one, two, three, maybe even four additional locations beyond the original site where it began. What cancers are the most likely to benefit from not just treating the main cancer where it is, but also kind of where we can see it pop up. So we're actually seeing that more and more. Around a decade ago, I don't think we did a lot of these kind of treatments, but I think we see more and more with lung cancer, with prostate cancer, with uh, kidney cancer, pretty much you name it. I think more and more when we hit those couple sites that we see on the imaging with a higher dose of radiation and coupled with some of the newer chemotherapeutic agents and immunotherapy agents, we're seeing extended uh, control of the cancer. It's really amazing. And I think that the improvement in imaging technology really says something. So even small little tumors that are that maybe we couldn't have seen uh, one or two decades ago, we're now able to see and then you can target it. And so what we're really talking about is treating the primary cancer and then going after wherever it is and shooting with radiation, right? That's exactly right. Right. Yes. And I, I, I think that the, the, the type of cancer that it was the most kind of dramatic for me was I have a patient now that's been a patient of mine for, for 10 or 12 years. And when he first came to see me, I, I diagnosed him with a liver metastasis from a colon cancer. And he's still with us. We, they treated the liver met and then they treated this colon cancer and he's still there. Uh, doing well. And and that's that's really amazing. Yeah, with colon cancer, I've treated several patients where it's gone into the liver or it's gone into the lung. And just as you're describing, you can see an extended outcome, which is just wonderful for, for our patients. I think that, um, you know, with other oncologists that we've had on the show, we talk, we, we talk a little bit more about this notion of managing cancer as a more chronic disease process and less like a death sentence. No, that's absolutely true. Uh, you, you mentioned in passing kind of the newest therapies. I mean, the, using the, your bo- own body immune system to attack the cancer, using less toxic drugs to kind of defeat the cancer, looking at the cancer's internal workings kind of mechanically, and then using a drug to impact how the cell is dividing. These are very different kind of therapies than traditional chemotherapy. Oh, completely different. And in the time since we both graduated from residency, I mean, the number of new medications that have come out is just 
just incredible. Absolutely incredible. And so we expect a different type of side effect. And then to be able to couple that with radiation therapy to help tumors get smaller in size and grow slower is an incredible advance, I think. No, absolutely. Like I said, we have seen some people where we traditionally would have thought that their survival time was less than six months, and they're still following up with me five, six, seven years later. In prostate cancer, where I specifically see this kind of um, uh, benefit are patients that have cancer that spread outside of the prostate uh, and maybe to like a bony structure, right? Like the hip or the spine. Yeah, that's the most common for it to, to uh, go into the bone. And, 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 and those patients, those, those metastases do, do tend to respond to radiation therapy. Yeah, absolutely. We can use a technology called SBRT where we can focus on that tumor with a really, really uh, focused beam of radiation. It's a very high dose delivered over three to five fractions. And you can basically obliterate that spot. That's really amazing. You, you think that patients in the past who might have complained about fatigue during their uh, radiation, or, or I guess more specifically, well, why don't you go through what are some common side effects that all radiation patients can may, maybe expect, and then uh, specifically those that are going to get radiation for a prostate? So uh, going back into just the prostate location itself, um, what you typically would expect as you go through the course of the treatment is maybe some fatigue. You can end up with some bladder irritability, frequency of urination, burning on urination. Um, you can get a little bit of rectal irritation like gas, loose stools. But in general, people feel pretty well through the whole course of treatment. If we're talking about treating one of the spots that's involving the bone, those really don't have a lot of side effect. Um, there's a couple of risks associated with damage to the bone over the long term. But, but in general, people actually fare pretty well. So, so you and I both treat prostate cancer, uh, and we both treat local prostate cancer. I treat it with high-intensity focused ultrasound, radical prostatectomy. You treat it with radiation therapy. And those are going to be the mainstays of therapy, really, uh, for localized prostate cancer disease. Uh, we, uh, you know, on this show are always recommending people get second opinions uh, when it comes to their cancer diagnosis. Um, if somebody wants a second opinion or if they've been referred for surgery and want to talk about radiation, how do they get a hold of you? Basically, just give us a call, and uh, we'll we'll usually get people in within uh, within a day. Usually, we're really quick about that. And and yeah. you're at the the Seton Williamson location. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. What's, what's the phone number there for you? Our number is five one two six eight seven two three zero zero. And uh, we're going to have that um, on the Facebook mm-hmm. posting and then on the, we'll on put the show there. notes All right. we're gonna once, pro- we, promote Texas once we kindly figure out how to do show notes for a podcast. No, it's if a, any of you listeners out there know how to, <laughs> how, how to, how to do a podcast correctly, we please let you? us know. Yeah, we, we, have, definitely, we have some people working on it-ish. <laughs> who would have thought with a busy practice, a big family, that it would be hard to somehow do another job? Maybe one of your six kids could work on this. Man, I don't know. One of them's 22. She could do it. <laughs> she's a nurse, she, though. I hope she's listening. <laughs> she's busy being a nurse. That's right. And so, um, uh, Courtney, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us here today. Um, as I mentioned at the, in our earlier segment, being diagnosed with cancer is uh, frightening. Um, sometimes you don't even know what 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 advice to take you know my advice to patients is always try to take it a little slow uh find doctors that you trust and i want to thank you for being one of those doctors that we really trust my pleasure thank you so much for having me today um so donna um 
we're going to uh, need to tell people how to get a hold of us and right. uh, a little bit about our practice. If you haven't memorized it by now, after being avid listeners every week, uh, you can call us during the week at 512-238-0762. Uh, we have four lovely locations. Dr. Mystery opened the first one 12 years ago. Was it like yesterday? It does feel like uh, yesterday. You and Liz and one other person maybe? I was a young man back then. You were, <laughs> you're still a young man. You just don't feel like a young man because... <laughs> Those 35 patients a day are wearing you down. Um, you can reach us at, at uh, again, 512-238-0762. Our locations are Round Rock, North Austin by the DPS office by Lake Line Mall, uh, South Austin on um, South Congress, SoCo, and where all the homeless people are, and also in Dripping Springs where there are no homeless people. Have some compassion. Um, they're busy bothering my front door over there. That's right. Um, and our Armor Men's Health at Gmail is our website, I'm sorry, our email address, armormenshealth at gmail.com. Our main website is armormenshealth.com. You can see our shining faces. Anything else, Dr. Mystery, before we go back to commercial? Well, I just want to encourage those of you that are interested to, to listen to our podcast, Armor, the Armor Men's Health Hour. It's available on Spotify. It's available on your Alexa. It's available on Apple Podcasts. Um, but you won't uh, listen to it. So you should. I like hearing my voice in real time. <laughs> I just want to assume that it sounds really good on the podcast. It does. I listen to it in the car, and it's amazing. And our little faces pop up if you have the car that has the little radio thing. As a professional comedian, I think you like to go over your material to make sure. I do. I critique the crap out of it, and then I tell me how awful I was all night long. It's horrible. Well, we need to find a psychologist for you. (laughs) I have a therapist. We have a therapist. (laughs) She's a busy lady with me. All right, well, we'll be right back. All right, bye. Dr. Mystery wants to hear from you. Email questions to armormenshealth at gmail.com. We'll be right back with the Armor Men's Health Hour 